Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? <coughs> It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how you doing today, sir? Good, sir. Hello. Oh, see, I've got, I've got the I've got the energy of the podcast in my veins still. The listeners have Damn no idea what's coming. A lot of action's <laughs> coming. Maddie's jacked. I'm jacked. We just had a hot pod. It was really funny. It was really fun. Yeah. If uh, you I'm need an good. energy boost, this is a good one for you. You know? Very good energy boost. <laughs> We are a Raptors podcast. We're, we're hardcore fans. We're analysts. Yep. We've been through a lot of losing. We've also been through a lot of winning. Yeah. Uh, things are uh, things are good. We're excited for this season. And, um, you know, we'll talk about this pod a little bit. But, uh, you know, just in case people want to know how to help us, how to join us, you know, anything involved in, in, in boosting, uh, you know, just like, just people like us who are striving for 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 raptors and podcast greatness uh, how can they do that maddie dunkspodcast.com that's our website that you can go to to listen to our episodes to go to all our social media links if you want you can click on the sonar button there that's our podcast network it'll send you light speed to the sonar site and then you can see all the podcasts there as well as our guests and everything else it's a it's a real fun time over there but you know you you got to go back to the original you got to go back to that tony hawk skateboard that is dunkspodcast.com We've got lots of good stuff there. We even have some old, you know, writing material and stuff there if you if you mm-hmm. really want. But, you know, hit up our link trees if you want to, you know, get, buy a toque, uh, get in contact with us, join our Patreon, and, uh, you know, just keep supporting any way you can. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And we've been growing, and uh, it's it's all because of the, you know, word of mouth and 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 listeners of the pod and uh you know shout out to the sonar network and shout out to you maddie uh always rocking some some nasty uh audio some some tricks and some <laughs> tips yeah and uh you know other flubber related content from me i feel like i could you know take a bunch of alexi's uh you know <laughs> his takes in this episode and turn them into stinks you know i might have to do that with a couple of them mm-hmm. We might have to do that, and, and that's a perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> we had two two amazing guests, uh, Catherine Niker, uh, who who you know so well. Uh, you know she's she does the podcast more than anyone. She's such a fantastic guest, and um, you know shout out to her. She's got a huge comedy album taping uh, coming up, so uh, we plug that later. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know she'll let you know uh, if you want to see that where you can go. Mm-hmm. It's nice that you know some things are coming back. Uh, it's, it's exciting. And uh, of course, we have uh, Alexi Otz, who I don't think either of us realized. I, I certainly didn't. Uh, you know, hadn't done the podcast 
uh, or the last pod he did was right before the pandemic. March and 2nd. Yeah. Wow. I, I you know, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't clue that in at all. And he hadn't been back since uh, poor guy. He's yeah. doing good. He's got a lot of ideas, a lot of enthusiasm. He was an absolute joy to have on the pod. Uh, yeah, obviously yeah. Catherine is too, you know, she's a, the most frequent guest, but uh, you know, the collective energy was really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, heading into a season like this, it's, that might be a little bit funky. Um, you know, Masai talked about a little bit on the uh, front burner with CBC uh, today. Uh, just that you know, it's going to be the lots of lots of you know throwing spaghetti at the wall uh, for the Raptors. Lots of development. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's we're in that time, and I think if you're if you're wanting a, a sharpened contender. Uh, this might not be the season for you. This might not be the season for you, but uh, it's, it's going to be a fun yeah. season. Yeah. Just going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, no, there, I guess we'll, we'll just have to call them the bricklayers this year. Cause I'm sure they're going to be tossing a lot of bricks at that rim. This year. That's right. It's going to be a lot of some bricks. loud thunkers too. That's some... right. <laughs> There's going to be some good D though. You know, yeah, good D D's allowed to steal thunks. the ball and then we're going to turn it over. There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I, I feel like we're ready to go here, uh, so we, we could probably just kind of hop right into the pod, Yeah. but um, you know, I'll say, also say make sure you check out the Sonar Network, uh, all their awesome podcasts there, yeah. uh, me and Catherine run a podcast here to The Pickup, and um, they're always putting out new podcasts, uh, so, so mm-hmm. make sure you check all those out, support them, yeah. and uh yeah, I think. But, but before we get cracking here, uh, I will say uh, we got an election coming up. So uh, make sure you email your city councilors, make sure you vote, make sure you're involved. Uh, and of course, Black Lives Matter, uh, stop Asian hate, uh, defund the police. And I'll say it again, email your city councilors. And I think with that, uh, if we're ready to get this started, uh, Maddie D, if you could just give me those deliciously glorious words, okay. Okay. All right, let's get going on uh, episode 214, I believe. We're bringing back a guest who hasn't been on the pod in a very, very long time. I'm so excited to have him. He, The last time he was on the pod, I think, was right before the pandemic. I'm, I'm just connecting this. And, um, yeah, it's been far too long. Uh, he's an eccentric guy. He's a hardcore Raptors fan. He's got uh, some new ideas coming out, filming in his backyard. There's going to be insects, wildlife, it's some David Attenborough stuff, but, like, <laughs> More intense, I think, and hope. <laughs> Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Alexi Otz. Hey, Freddie! Hey! Wow. I thought you were going to have me back because I caused a pandemic. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You are uh, you didn't cause the pandemic, and, and you're welcome back. Uh, I'm sorry it took so long. Listen, I'm so honored to be back, and I'm really, really excited about this year of Raptors basketball. We're going to have a really good year. I think so, and I think it's it's going to be a hardcore Raptors fan year too. Um, let's just let's just keep this train moving and bring on guest number two. If you listen to this pod a bunch, you know her, you love her. Uh, she also rocks buckets and tea, and the pickup a WNBA podcast with me. Uh, she's an incredible stand-up uh, writer for a bunch of shows you know and love. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Catherine Niker.
Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? We really felt your intro that time. Thanks. Yeah, I got into the music a bit more than than usual because I, I always felt like the intro music was too cool for me. But <laughs> then I've just learned to embrace it over time. So now I feel cool, even though I'm saying that makes me explicitly <laughs> uncool. Listen, nothing's too cool for you. I just picked up a side table that is one of the coolest <laughs> side tables I've ever seen. Okay. This thing is just patterned in different ways. Oh my God. Okay. It's awesome. First of all, I have to say thank you to Freddie. He did a big favor for me. I so currently I live in Hamilton, but I'm moving to Toronto and I bought this side table at a store in Toronto and it needed to get picked up before I moved because the the store is moving. They're having a moving sale. So I asked Freddie if he could pick up this little table for me and he did. It was no issue. The only thing I will say is when I went to pick it up, I started describing, you know, what I was doing. And uh, (laughs) the woman looked very puzzled. And I was like, man, I'm so bad at any form of shopping. Like, this just isn't going well. And I was like, oh, you know, I could like show you a picture. And she was like, no, 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 I'll get it. But was like kind of like moving a bit slow. So I was like, man, I really, I did something wrong. I kind of pissed her off. And then I, you know, I, I, actually went back to the phone to look the picture and she had gone around the side and when she came back she was in like a boot like she had just injured her foot and was moving so slow and I was like oh my god not only did I misinterpret your like reaction to me I also didn't help you and your foot's hurting so uh (laughs) yeah that's that's where my head was at but it all went well uh the side table's dynamite Well, thank you so much. I feel like I owe you for the social awkwardness more than I do for the favor uh, itself. That sounds like torture. <laughs> no, it's all good. You got my back. Um, one time uh, on the on the pod, you just got to tell your your Kia nurse. Uh, you know, thinking someone thinking you would actually. You know what? I'm I'm just messing this all up. I thought you had a Kia nurse story, but then I'm remembering that you ran <laughs> down the same steps as Kia nurse and. Listen, this is great podcasting. Uh, let's let's get you some Raptor stuff uh, before I, I kill any uh, new listeners here. Maddie, I know you're there. Please, good sir, give me your most delicious non-Aaron Bain sounding Raptors sting. Hashtag RTZ. Alexi, let's start with you. What, in your opinion, is the uh, best outcome to the Goran Dragic uh, situation? You know, as a Raptors fan, as someone who wants the team to win, everything, everything included. Well, I honestly, this is one of the things like with Masai, it's always we just can't lose. We can't lose at anything because, all right, we got Precious. That's the part that matters. Mm-hmm. Who cares what happens with Dragage? Dragage could drag his his butt up here to Toronto. He could not show up. He could do whatever. We could buy him out. We're not going to buy him out. We could do whatever. We will win either way. His contract is expiring. By the end of the year, he's going to be very, very attractive to a lot of other teams. And uh, either way, if we play him, we don't play him. You know, he we like somebody I heard earlier today say we play him. We're going to get his trade value up and somebody's going to want him. So 
But if yeah. he doesn't play, I don't care. Who cares? We got precious. I yeah. <laughs> Dude, I I honestly agree 100%. <laughs> You know, and we'll, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle uh, later and, you know, all the trade deadline stuff and and the major players there in, in Maxi and, and Tyler Hero. And man, oh, man, I'll take Precious out of those three guys any day. Just I, I've watched only a little bit of Precious, but the fact that, you know, like you touched on with Masai, it's hard to lose when someone's just playing the long game and they're determined to kind of have the outright win, even if, in the interim, it looks a little bit confusing or there, there's some lumps. And uh, yeah, I think Dragic or Dragic is, you know, it's just a bonus. And I, I'm not sure if we'll buy him out or we'll, we'll get a trade for him or what exactly. I, I think there is some kind of date that comes into play. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like it's early October, Something with Dallas, I believe, you know, certain contracts kick in or something, something that's going to affect the cap. It mm-hmm. does seem like Masai's less intent on doing him right. And, you know, he was intent on doing Kyle right and intent on getting his guy in Precious. And uh, yeah, I think for Goran, when people were upset that he didn't want to come here, you know, Masai's response was kind of perfect because he was like, I, I actually don't care. So yeah, send him to Sacramento if he gets to be too much a burn side. We'll send him like Terrence Davis out to Sacto. That's what we do. <laughs> you know, you're not going to work with us. You don't want to work with us. Hey, all right. It's, you're stupid, though, because we can make <laughs> you a better player. Uh, I love it so much. And I love the I love the like the, you know, uh, shout out to uh, any fans of the wire, like the the Jimmy McNulty treatment where it's kind of like, oh, you don't want to go where? That's where I'll send you. Um. Catherine, you're having a good time. I can't tell if the bee or the wasp is back, but no, uh, it's no, not the that. Wa- yeah. The wasp finally is dead, but uh, it is in my view. So that's disturbing, but it's fine. It is. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was killing a wasp uh, prior to us recording. No, first of all, I have to say uh, Lex here has the best take followed by the greatest amount of optimism uh, possible for this tragic situation. I mean, I do feel like a lot of fans uh, took it real personal when he said he didn't want to play here, felt really old school, you know, felt real. Like suddenly I was transported back to the Alonzo morning, almost a Raptor days. Like, and I I'm in a different place now. Like, can we just as fans, who have won a championship just be in a different place now. Like I am in a different place. Like I, it's like, okay, you don't want to be here. Fine. Then just go like, you know, like as a young girl, maybe I didn't have like the best self-esteem and like any guy, like, you know, they give me like a little bit of attention. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like freaking out. What do I text back? When do I text? Blah, blah, blah. Now I don't care. I don't care. You like me. You're here. You're here. If you're not, you're not here. And then that's fine. Go away. And that's how, that's how I feel. I feel evolved. I feel evolved as a fan. I feel evolved as a woman. Okay. <laughs> I'm evolved. So I, I don't care. I don't care if he shows up or not. Honestly, I would barely notice, you know, it would only be like the Twitter sphere that would remind me that he was mm-hmm. even a part of the situation at all. Hopefully we get something nice back for him because he was a part of the whole Lowry deal. Mm-hmm. But if at the end of the day, he, we, it ends up being like a buyout situation, worst case, then whatever it is what it is. 
Okay, I just want to say the, you know, the mindfulness uh, and like just in the moment presence on this podcast right now is a 10 out of 10 from both of you. <laughs> we, we, are, we all low-key had therapy right before this yes. podcast. Everyone had a nice conversation with Phil Jackson <laughs> and went strawberry picking with him and Nick Nurse and we're just absolutely in the zone. Things are feeling good. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's move to the kind of Kyle on the, on the CJ McCollum stuff, uh, Catherine. And, um, you know, uh, my question is, um, you know, Kyle Lowry has went on the record kind of saying he did not want to be traded at the deadline and wanted to finish the season with the Raptors. He, you know, wanted to support his guys, as he said, and, you know, just to be extra specific, he did give them two teams. Miami and Philadelphia. So I think we know, you know, the Lakers stuff was meaningless. A lot of people felt that at the time with, a, you know, Taylor Horton, uh, 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 Taylin uh, Horton Tucker. That was a little bit of like, yeah, that's Lakers nonsense. But there was real stuff there with Philly. There was real stuff there with Riley. We talked about it at nauseum on the podcast. Uh, I remember saying a bunch of times, I, I don't know how a deal is going to get done with Masai and, um, you know, Maury and, and Riley. And we even talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, so, yeah, my question is, you know, is it surprising to you to hear that Kyle wanted to be here during that season? Okay, so it actually, okay, this is why it is surprising. Because he hardly played after the trade deadline, mm -hmm. right? He set out for quote unquote rest, even though he was for all we knew healthy for a lot of those games at the end. I actually don't even know what was his actual last game because Lakers, it was the Laker game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Because it was just like, he was sitting out for so many of them. And then also too that game prior to the deadline, like he threw up those juices. Like he said, he did. Bye. He did. He said yeah. bye, like he thought he was going. So, I mean, I understand him not wanting to be traded and wanting to finish the season as a Raptor. And I think, you know, he has so much love and respect for the city, the fans, organization, et cetera, that it makes sense in that regard that he would want to stay. But I am a little surprised based on how it all played out. But either way, like none of this is all semantics too, right? Like I'm not, yes. I, I, in no way am I like feeling a type of way one way or the other. Like Kyle put in his time. We all kind of expected him to move on. It would have been a shock if he stayed. Let's be real. I mean, it would have been nice, but it would have been a shock if he stayed. So, you know, whether he left in March or in July or August, like makes very little difference. But yeah, based on the way it all played out, I am a little surprised. Yeah. And I think that surprise is, is a little bit fair. You know, I framed it, uh, this question a little bit like, you know, no one should be surprised, but I'll, I'll even say uh, like, you know, just, just to be kind of candid, when he did throw up those deuces in the Denver game, it was such a remarkable, you know, just instance. And it did seem like at the very least he was unsure of what exactly was going to go down or not. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like he said in the podcast, like he, the, him and Messiah had an open dialogue and he, he probably trusted Messiah, but at the same time, it's a business. And if you got traded to the thunder for a bunch of random pieces, there probably would have been a part of him that was like, man, this sucks, but also I'm not a 100% surprised. Like things do happen in the NBA norm around that time, basically asked 
to not be traded. So I think there was a lot of energy, you know, I guess spent just wondering. And, you know, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. I, I, I probably beat the dead horse of, of just saying like, I, I, didn't expect him to 100% get traded, but uh, yeah, I didn't fully rule it out either. Um, and I'll also say that I think there's a part of this that is kind of goodwill. And I think he did want to win probably that season. I think he didn't want to leave during the pandemic and all that. And I also think him saying he wanted to win at all costs. I always kind of feel like I need to clarify that. Yes. Players want to win. But I think more than that, they want to get paid as much as possible. And I think that was definitely a part of this offseason. Kyle is a winner, of course, but also he wanted the bag. He wanted that like 85, 90 on his way out. And, you know, Masai helped him get him. And that, that to me was also in line with people were so sure he was going to walk for nothing. And I, and I just I never fully understood that because I don't know how that was going to be facilitated. And I didn't expect him to go to the Knicks or the Pelicans or whatever. Um, yeah, Alexi, were you, were you, are you surprised to hear this? Does this, is this in line with what you thought? Well, this is the thing to me that's really interesting about what happened with Kyle Lowry is for his whole career in the Raptors, the fans were saying he was going to get traded so many, every couple of years, whenever it was this or that Kyle Lowry said, you know what? And this is the way the Raptors are that trust and that communication between uh, management and the players he said, you know what? I'm going to show the fans. I can control my own destiny with this team and still not screw them over and still do good things for the team. And I think that that's an underlying little bit of it that Kyle yeah. controlled his own destiny, even though the fans for years, trash Raptor fans, talking trash about him for years, <laughs> and he left on his own terms. And you know what? That's for them. Alexi, speak your truth. I'm digging this hard. Like... You know what? I guess I do think there is, you know, uh, for, for me, it's not necessarily like trash Raptors fans, but I think there is a certain, I don't know, Toronto self-loathing that people can't shake off. And listen, listen. even Masai coming back, he was like, why, why do you all hate yourself so much? I have a burning, <laughs> burning you know desire. I have a burning <laughs> desire, Fred. You have to let me talk for just one second. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, please. I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. It's Florida State Seminoles country. We care about our football team no matter what. We're like Fox News. We'll spin everything the way we want to to make it right for that team. Oh, that was a fumble. Oh, no, he just slipped. You know, we'll do whatever to protect our guys. That's where I come from in a fan base. Now, this fan base in Toronto, it has been used to the Leafs. For years and years, the pessimism and the doubt and the second-guessing and the the negative ninnies, all the crap that's been going on. I know we share fan base. And this is the thing. When Tim Lewicki came to town and separated the teams from each other, management got separated and we got fixed. And that's the thing that Raptor fans need to realize. We are not the Leafs. So stop <laughs> treating us like the Leafs. Wow. Um, you're, 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 you're hitting everything on the head for me. I hope I'm not interrupting. But yeah, a, a friend of the pod as well, Alex Wood, you know, he recently said, we're not Leafs fans. Yes. Like everyone, everyone give your head a scratch. We're not Leafs fans. Like we, like we don't have this, we lost for a long time. Took us a long time to win, but we don't have these, like the, the amount of compounding tragedies uh, as the Leafs. Like, it's kind of like we're, we were othered and there's a lot of things going on, but Hey, is that, is that a ding <laughs> from Matty D? 
I just heard compounding tragedies. I'm like, that's the best way to, to describe the Leaf fandom. For sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tip my fixed umbrella to that, you know? But the no, car, hang on. The car on the icy road goes where you put your eyes. If you put your eyes on the middle of the road, you'll stay on the road. But if you put your eyes on the ditch, you go into the ditch. So you got to keep your eyes on the center of the road. If the car's sliding all over the place, out of control. So if we want to manifest success like Masai Ujiri wants, we have to have a collective mindset that is successful. Car on the icy road. I absolutely love it. You know, I mean, I, I fully agree too, though. I think there is a certain, a certain amount of like, you know, not fully like the secret, like put it out there. But I do think, yeah, the constant negativity, the constant self-loathing, it's a little bit like it, it begets like a negative truth, kind of. Why? Yeah, I and I think we're all in a space where we've recently won. And, um, you know, even if we are on, on a road back to kind of like redemption and like being good and, you know, working some stuff out and figuring out what to do with Goran Dragic, that's okay. Like I I certainly am in the Trust Messiah camp. I, I dealt I was in there in the Colangelo era. I know what flashy moves can do. Uh, they can they can get you excited for a little bit, but uh, patience, you know, it's going to pay off. Like we had a bunch of years of incredible winning, and you know, ended in a championship. And my goodness, last year was rough, of course. But uh, yeah, new, new times, new era. Uh, Alexi, I want to stick with you. Okay. Um, and uh, oh wait, sorry, I actually want to move on before. Sorry. You know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm chopping things up a bit. I usually do a silly Raptors question, but we're going to do a silly NBA question. But before we do that, we're just going to take a quick break for some ads. <laughs> Shout out to Matty D. Yeah, he loves just my smooth ass transitions there. But uh, Matty, if you feel like we're ready to move on to the NBA, please, good sir, just give me that delicious Adam Silver sounding sting. This is Adam Silver. Oops. National Basketball Association. That was wonderful. I, for some reason, thought there was more than two fog chords sounding. So if you're checking out on YouTube, I went for the double pump or the quadruple pump, rather. Didn't work out. (laughs) Maddie, uh, please, please join us all. Uh, I want to talk some, you know, just some kind of fun Fun theorizing about how the game works. Uh, you know, if you do ever nerd out and you look at like rule changes, there's quite a bit more than uh, I think most people realize. And they're also, they're a lot more frequent than than people realize. You know, the three-pointer wasn't added till uh, I believe, um, oh dear, I believe, uh, was it was it late 70s? Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the hand check rule, which is uh, why we have Harden and Trey Young. Uh, is in the 90s. So, you know, there's so many big or, or even small rule changes have greatly affected the game. I'm not necessarily looking for rule changes here, but I've been reading a little bit about the uh, the Elam ending, uh, which is uh, the format that a lot of people were introduced to uh, during the All Star Game. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think they used it. Is 20. it two years in a row now or one year? I'm I'm not sure. I can I can cor- I Google that and uh, correct myself. But I think it's two. Yeah, I think I think they've done it twice. Um, but uh, it, it was really exciting. The players dug it. 
And it's was it's a bit out there, but I think when you see it play out, it's kind of like, wait a second, this is this is pretty different and pretty cool. Um, so yeah, just like you know, in the spirit of that question, uh, I kind of want to know if there, anyone has any ideas about um, you know how how you might change the scoring, how you might change the flow of the game. Obviously, silly answers are absolutely welcome here. Um, let's uh, let's start with you, Catherine. Is there uh, yeah? Is there you know? In the spirit of Elam ending, uh, you know, changing something about the game and the way it's played, uh, do you have any ideas? Yeah, so I think the the most obvious thing is the four point shot, mm-hmm. right? Let's have a four point shot. You know, that can be the half court line. I'm good with that. I don't think we need to draw a new line. But then, <laughs> what I want to introduce is beyond the half court. The opposite's court three-point line should be a five-point shot. Whoa. That'd be incredible. Or a six-point shot, because it's, like, that far away. So and I want to see, I want you know, people argue that's not good for the game, but I want to see players jack up as many ridiculous shots as possible. I want to see the lowest percentage shots going in, changing a game at me. At me, oh. um, somebody might. You know what I mean. Somebody <laughs> might at you. This layup. You know we're only scoring seventy points a game. Shit, it's over. It's over. Let it go. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. You know that's Thanks what so I was much. asking for Thank with you. this question. Cheers. So you know, only for- additions. Only additions. And you know, like I've always said, the more replays, the better. You know, foot's on the line. We got to look at it. Stall. <laughs> more replays. Stall. 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 <laughs> Eric Stall. Jordan Stall. <laughs> for some hockey fans out there, um, other stalls. I believe there was Mark. Other perhaps. stalls. Good call. Yeah, Mark is right. Um, don't forget Jared. Jared. I don't know if he made it to the NHL. Cheers. <laughs> Um, probably their parents, you know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Cam Ward and the Hurricanes. Uh, really <laughs> this is not a hockey podcast, but you could have uh, said any guy's name and stall, and I would have believed it. Like, I have yeah. no idea. Yes. Um, that's exactly what I was looking for with this question like the, the four pointer, and I love the five point. Uh, I love, I love how you wanted to change some things, but also you don't want to draw new lines. Like, <laughs> what can you use all the existing lines? Keep the existing lines, folks. Let's not mess around here. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go to you, um, Alexi. What's up? I have a similar. I had similar ideas as Catherine. Um, I used to watch the MTV Rock and Jock B Ball games, like back in the '90s when they'd have like the celebrity games, and they always had like a spot that was like the five point spot, and it was usually like out there, like with guys like Steph. And Fred Van Vliet and stuff like that shooting out there, this is gonna happen. Like this is gonna be a thing. The four point line is gonna happen at some point. I I see it as kind of like a rainbow like kind of thing, unlike uh, what Catherine's saying. And then like half court maybe five points. But the uh, my my wrinkle is penalty box. I mean, obviously you guys were just talking about hockey. Now I know oh. five on four won't work very well. So the penalty box would work this way. You take that player out that's offending and they got to sit out. You can sub somebody else in, but that person can't play for five minutes because they did Ooh, a cheap shot. Or something I like, like this. I like that so much that uh, I have to 
go to one of my backup answers because I had a, I had a crappier version of your idea. And uh, yeah, I've, I've all, yeah, I've always wanted that for, for soccer as well. well, with yellow well this is, this is, uh, this is, this makes sense because I have a crappier version of Catherine's idea. And okay, no, your version the penalty your version's, box. Your version's better, actually, because no, you have no. a you have an actual drawn line like a rainbow, which a is way more three pointer. That's awesome. Reverse three pointer <laughs> <laughs> is awesome. Not gonna lie. Um, That's why I said maybe it should be worth six points because it is. Yes. A rever- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, Maddie, what's up? Uh, yeah. You got any ideas here? You going to incorporate some hockey? What's going on? Snowblower? Well, you know, uh, maybe a little bit, but it doesn't really pertain to anything on the court. I do want to change the stand or uh, how the standings work. I want to get rid of win percentage. I do want to bring points into the standings. And mm. I would like to see like mainly the reason I would like to see this is that I do want teams to get rewarded for making it to overtime. Because I feel like it's hard to finish a basketball game tied. And if there's a way that you can do points for wins and then say both teams that go to overtime, they each get one point and the winner gets the extra one. And then you can still have regulation wins as like the tiebreaker in, in the standings so that, you know, at the end of the season, if they're, you know, two teams are tied with points, who has more regulation wins and Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just feel like that'd be better because every time they go to overtime, I'm always like, man, this is like, this is such a tough feat sometimes to get to. Sometimes it goes to double overtime and like, you know, it's just like, I feel like it'd be cool to show that in the standings a little bit. That's it. Maddie, uh, I, I like where you're at. I I hope that my backup idea isn't too in direct conflict of yours mm. because it, it might be, but you know, we're, we're all just spitballing here. Um, I don't know if we're all leaning into hockey or, or whatever, but mine, you know, I, I really liked when the, the, you know, the NHL introduced and kind of kept the, the shootout and I've, I was spitballing in that direction, but you know, I don't want to change the actual game of basketball too much. And I was thinking about this Elam ending, so my idea is that when it goes to overtime, you know, there's an average amount of points. Let's say each team scores like 10 points or whatever. And, and that's just it. It's there's no timer. And the first team to get to 10 points wins period. Yeah. So, so whether that's on a free throw or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that would change the dynamics a little bit and, you know, skip the whole double overtime thing. And uh, yeah, just, just kind of like a hard 10 points. Whoever gets there first wins the game. Period. End of story. So that's my that's my idea. My 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 penalty idea was very similar to yours, Alexi. It was basically just it was a five on four scenario, but that's why I think yours is way better because five on four basketball just truly does not work. Like it's yeah. like a, it can't that would be, work. It's too it be, easy. Yeah, like you know the the it would be too insane. I think you know. Shout out to. Uh, uh, majority owner Vivek uh, Grenadivier, uh, if I pronounce that name right, of the Sacramento Kings, who genuinely suggested that when he bought the Kings. He said, what if we do five on four? And a bunch of like ex- back- basketball executives had to be like, <laughs> you're our boss, but that's the dumbest thing we've ever heard, sir. Mm. Um, and yeah, that leaked. And he was, uh, anyways, he's still the owner. Shout out uh, Vivek. Um yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the next question here. Um, I want to start with you, uh, Alexi. 
And um, yeah, uh, where I'm going here is who do we, I wonder if there's a consensus, but we'll see. Uh, who do you think is going to have the worst regular season record or just be the worst team, even if it's not the worst record uh, heading into the 2021-2022 season? Well, I'd like to take a moment to do something right now to another team in the NBA that is done to our team all the time, and it's called gaslighting. The Boston Celtics are going to be the worst team in the league this year. Oh, They're wow. just going to be. I have no reason for it other than they lost a player who was a point guard who was so important. But they're going to be a garbage team this year because they lost Kemba Walker. And I didn't look up anything. I didn't do anything to research that. <laughs> I'm just saying it because that's how it works in the NBA. You lose an all-star point guard and you're garbage all of a sudden. I do think you need a really good point guard to kind of like run the show for like a, you know, to, to be a competent. Like a shooter, right? Shooter. Yeah. Shooter's their guy. Shooter. It's yeah. yeah. It's a, I think they've, they've definitely taken a step down. And again, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows I love to bash me some Brad Stevens. So uh, Brad Stevens, the GM, I think is off to a, uh, I don't know, not so good start. So I, I'm Rookie happy. Head that coach. Rookie head coach. Who who is their head coach again? M Udaka. Oh oh yes yes yes. Uh, well yeah, he I think, I think so. Uh yeah I, I can look that up and make sure I hit the name right. But um he yeah he he's actually an interesting coach. I think I like the coaching choice, but I do think Stevens uh, and Ainge I guess kind of bungled this treasure trove of draft picks they had. You know starting with the Kyrie thing and. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love to hate Boston, so I love that answer so much, uh, Catherine. <laughs> okay, I did not think of a gaslighting answer. <laughs> That's okay. Didn't really read into the question that hard. Um, worst team. This is gonna be interesting because I feel like out of like the like you know out of the bottom tier teams in the NBA, I don't know who's trying yet or not if that makes sense like yes like the totally. timberwolves are they gonna finally try mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know if they're trying yet or even like with the houston rockets like they have um jalen green right and and he looks to be very promising but are they trying yet i don't know right and and also i mean speaking of sacramento I don't know what Sacramento has done in the last 15 years, if I'm being completely honest in terms of like strategy, like, I don't know if like, they always seem to be like 10th or like not 10th, but 10th always seems to be like their ceiling is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's going to be between those three. I don't see, I, you know, I can see them trying to um, invigorate their fan bases with Mm -hmm. certain players, um, I don't see it being completely grim, but I don't see them being anywhere near the plan. So I don't know. I mean, that's three teams. I didn't pick one. I'll pick. No, that's all right. I'll I'll pick maybe the Rockets because I think they're just. I I don't think they'll be there yet. But you know, Jalen Green looks promising. Yep, uh, I they're think they're not the Rock- gonna be the worst team. Who am I kidding? They still have Christian Wood. John Wall. John Wall. Detroit. Detroit might be the worst. Team. Oh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably Detroit. Sorry. No, that's, that's really botched fair. this question very hard, but it's true. I, I guess I, 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 it's hard to say because I just don't know who's going to go for it. No, I think that's that's very fair, and especially uh, in the West, you know, Minnesota and, and Sacramento. Um, I think will be trying when they start off. However, the West is just so wildly competitive. Mm. Minnesota, I think, you know, they have some stuff uh, with Anthony Edwards and Towns and, and Russell. I think there's the there's there's some talent there at least to kind of okay. Get they got they got Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. and I'm rooting for them to be bad so I don't have to see them more than once this year. <laughs> very fair. Because like I truly hate that guy i know he's very polarizing and some people are like oh whatever whatever i'm like no this guy's like literal trash i do not like him you can put me in the camp i don't that, care if he I'm used to fan. play in europe and has a story like i don't care no i i mean the moment he injured westbrook i'm like you're you're dead to me sir um, yeah that's how i feel and just like like pushing chris paul in the back pure heel I mean, give me a fucking break. That's some like, anyway. That guy deserves some, to be on a yeah. team that no one's watching. Chris Paul getting pushed in the back and enjoying it is truly one of the best like owns I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, like you know, I actually just watched uh, finally the the mouse at the palace dock, and so upsetting for so many reasons. Mm. And you know, it made me think about other you know kind of potentially violent moments uh, in in the NBA and. And Beverly really has, you know, potentially precipitated some some awful stuff. And I think, yeah, I mean, I love toughness. I don't even mind when a guy's a little bit dirty. I remember when, you know, the news about Dragic was coming to the Raptors. There was a lot of talk about how he's a dirty player. And I think, you know, Raptors fans don't love to talk about it, but Kyle does some stuff. And yeah, like I think, we like we like a player yeah. that's like Charles Oakley tough. Yeah. Right. Like, like Oakley's too much of a man to push some guy behind the back. Like he's going to yes. push him when he's looking right at him. That's right. At least, you know, yeah, like at that. Least. At least, at least he's going to be looking him dead in the eye. And then he, Oakley, you, you know, he's going like, to move into your house. <laughs> he's gonna it's messed up. <laughs> he's going to push you. He's going to look you in the eye. Then he's going to say, I'm your roommate, sir. Um, he's going to sleep next to your wife. Doesn't matter. He's just, that's how it's yeah. going to go down. It's going to be a platonic relationship. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, platonic. I think I said He's platonic, just making, a, he's, like not, he's not doing anything. He's just making an overarching point. That's right. Yeah, he's making a point of what he could do. <laughs> Oakley is messed up. He gets in your head. Uh, and then he goes on Dancing with the Stars. Um, I think Detroit was, was uh, is probably a better answer. I'm so sorry. Um, so I, I feel like I have to switch to that, but the, I'm going to go Orlando. Uh, I think that Orlando is in a full rebuild. Uh, I think, you know, Suggs is a potential rookie of the year, which is for me, huge stats on a team. That's quite bad. Uh, I feel like he, they're going to want to develop him. And I think he's just going to rip it up and be fantastic. But I think they're just going to lose games like crazy. And this goes back to the, uh, the Alexi point. I think if you don't have someone who knows the ins and outs of the NBA uh, and they don't have a lot of options around them, I think they're, they're often in a situation where, where the, the losses are going to pile up. I think they're very young as well. And um, yeah, uh, for, for me, it's the Orlando magic. I think, 
potentially, you know, uh, OKC, potentially Houston, Detroit is probably a better answer than uh, answer than the Magic. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the Magic here. Uh, cool. They're all good. They're all good. Honestly, they're all garbage teams. I'm so sick of OKC tanking for picks. Like, can they just start winning and drafting already? I do. Okay, I'm a hundred percent with you. But I, I, I will say I was shocked and like you know a little bit happy that they 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 finally did something with uh, Shea Gilders Alexander. They signed him to a big contract. It's like, are you starting to try to be competitive? Like, I I don't want to say I'm like all the way anti-tanking, but I think after witnessing the process and where it's come to with with Simmons and with Embiid. I, I think it's like you're you're really overthinking what basketball is if you think you can bottom out that hard and, and then somehow have a successful rebuild. Like I'm all many, the way anti-tanking, all the way. Fair. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't – I've said a million times on this podcast that I think the Raptors are, you know, in league with, uh, you know, the Jazz, the Heat, uh, the, the Spurs, you know, maybe the Pacers to a lesser degree, the Nuggets – Teams that realize that it's like, it's just, it's not about being as bad as possible to then get good. You sure, if you're bad, if you have a bad season, you try to, you know, take advantage of that. But winning culture at this point as a Raptors fan and development, I think downplaying that is your own is your loss really as a, as an analyst and a fan. It's a, um, it's, it's a huge thing is the system is our system will be good no matter who plays for us. People will come and go. I don't care who comes and goes. We have players we will win because of our system. You're right. No, it's it's true. And I think the the emphasis on our development has been huge. I, you know, I think poor Bruno died for our sins, sort of, because... <laughs> He's the guy who he didn't get to go to the G League, right? And oh man, then we got a G League team, and it's like whoever comes to the Raptors will will do something for you. We'll we'll kind of make it count. Um, you know, even a guy like Stanley Johnson seemed like he was out of the league a little bit. Why not? You know, yeah, he real ba- he rehabilitated his image just enough, and you know, he's signed a I think a minimum with the Bulls. So you know, shout out to Stanimal. Um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I, th- I think we're I think we're going to wrap this up with some quickish questions. Uh, Maddie, good sir, why don't you give me your most delicious quickish questions? Sting. Okay, uh, we've made it to quickish questions. I'm going to read these questions as clearly and concisely as humanly possible. We'll see what happens. Might stammer, slur, repeat myself, get confused. That's okay. You all have to answer as quickly as humanly possible. No delaying tactics. You just got to let your brain fire. Maddie D, I'm looking at you. Don't rev that snowblower up. Um, Or rev it up, actually, because that would be a fun delay tactic. Uh, we uh we just got three questions, so I think I'm gonna do uh, I think I'm gonna do like a, a speed round all play. Okay. So we'll we'll just play every question. Uh, everyone gets a chance. Uh, Maddie, when you're ready, fire it up, and uh, we'll go. Catherine, Alexi, Maddie. Okay, Catherine. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you to return to Scotiabank Arena? Ooh, not that comfy. 
to be honest, I'm more <laughs> I'm more worried about people being weird than I am actually getting COVID. That's kind of crazy, but that's how I feel right now. Very fair. People are being weird right now. Yeah. Alexi, how comfortable are you to return to Scotiabank Arena? I just recently went to a Blue Jays game and they, they I got the I wasn't very comfortable with that game. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm not probably gonna go to another Blue Jays game, but I will definitely go to a Raptors game and I will probably be at either the Washington game or one of the preseason games for sure. I'm very okay. comfortable. Good stuff. Right on. Uh Maddie, how comfortable are you to return to Scotiabank Arena? <laughs> um I'm going to say that I'm more comfortable than when they originally announced that people were going to be coming back in uh, because it was like be vaccinated or like have a negative test. And I just thought of like, what a nightmare that's going to be. People like, mm-hmm. how do you get in these negative tests so fast? Just seemed like a terrible idea. So now that it's only fully vaccinated people, that does make mm-hmm. me feel a lot better. But still going from uh, this room to 18,000 people it's just gonna be hard either way you know but a hundred percent uh I, i'm with you maddie i think it's gonna be hard i'm definitely thinking about the qr codes the lineups like yeah. <laughs> sitting in my seat okay sure yeah. in the lineups in the bathrooms and everything might be tripping oh. <laughs> um, just for fairness uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna do reverse order so uh you know uh you know just so not everyone gets the same amount of time there so maddie i'm going right back to you holy shit that's right. Uh, Masai was on the, the CBC front burner today, uh, and he said um, we should prepare for some ugly basketball. So being honest, uh, do you think he's even uh, eyeing any trades this year? I think that Masai is at his best when he can grow the team and the blockbuster kind of Kawhi thing, I think it's, you know, a lot of things have to line up for that to work. So I don't think he's got that on his plate. I don't think he's looking to make some blockbuster kind of thing, but I, you know, he's the thing I love about Masai and I'll try to be quick about this, but loyalty is lacking in this league. It's a problem, right? So I find that he, you know, growing these prospects from the draft, it just creates so much loyalty to him and to the franchise that it's kind of like, I feel like he's fighting against a wave sometimes and you just got to really appreciate, you know, uh, his loyalty that he has. Well said. Uh, I will say the whole question again, but yeah, Alexi, you know, uh, Messiah and CBC front burner. Um, do you think that uh, he's eyeing any trades for the Raptors this year? I think other than the dragage stuff we were talking about earlier, I really hope not. I hear a lot of dumb stuff about Bobby Simmons this recently. I hear a lot of dumb stuff about Pascal Siakam getting moved. We can't move these guys. There are legacy from our championship year, and we need them to be around to instill the championship mentality in the young rookies. This year will be ugly because we got rookies, and they got to learn the system. They got to learn the NBA, and they're going to make rookie mistakes. But these guys are smart, and they're they're going to be faster than regular rookies because they're going to be in a good system. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, Scotty Barnes is going to be looking like an, an all-star almost next year. Oh, I love it. Uh, Catherine, uh, yeah, is Masai eyeing any trades for the squad this year? Um. 
Um, I don't think he's eyeing any major moves, although I think he always has his eye on the pulse, if that makes sense. But I'll, I'll say this, like, I don't, like, it, it <laughs> to make a very long story short, because this is a quickish question, um, <laughs> I think everybody that is kind of in the top tier of the Eastern Conference is operating on, like, a two-year window. So mm-hmm. if the Raptors are taking a year or two to retool, I don't I say rebuild, but I don't mean that in a tanking way. I just mean yeah. in a literal rebuilding way. Mm-hmm. That's fine because then this whole Brooklyn Nets thing will be on the tail end of that. The supporting cast of the Bucks won't be the same, et cetera, et cetera. Then we'll be right there. So I think it's a good move to to build in this in this kind of a timeline. So yes. I agree with Masai. We need to we need to embrace this retooling process. We need to embrace the rookies and the rookie mistakes that will be made. Great answers, everyone. You know, Masai is a patient man, and I feel like we're we're we're, we're patient analysts. Uh, Catherine, what's the state of sorta shawarma in the upcoming season? Is it not at all, still sorta, <laughs> or fully completely? I'm sorry. What is this shawarma? <laughs> Sort of, sort of. A bit of a deep cut uh, near my section 309. Uh, there's a restaurant <laughs> called Sort of Shawarma. Uh, it is truly that. It's sort of a shawarma. So it's shaped like a shawarma, but it's also got lettuce in there, corn. Um, it's kind of a mixture of a beef patty and a shawarma. Okay. Got so, it. I think I've been. Yeah. The, the question to you is will that exist as it was or like maybe is it going to go all the way patty all the way shawarma or stick in the middle or not at all okay I think it's going to exist as it was but I think that's terrible and I think it should not exist (laughs) and I think I've been to uh, a Detroit Pistons game in Detroit Mm -hmm. and my god is their food significantly better than our stadium food our stadium food is generally crap for a world class city it could be improved there is so much good shawarma in Toronto there's no excuse for this come on get out of here get out of here yeah you're not feeling the sorta Um, Alexi what do you think Uh, full not at all sorta I'm actually an expert on this subject because I was a former food and beverage concessions worker at the Air Canada Center. Oh! Uh, from, Did I just uh, get canceled? Did I just cancel? No, no, you're fine. You're fine. You know what? Because the food is crap at the Air Canada Center. I know that. But I will say shout out to Miss Sadie up at Pizza Pizza Stand on 300 level. That's my lady, Miss Sadie. I work with her. She, <laughs> she worked for the Leafs since the Maple Leaf Gardens back almost since wow. they won the Stanley Cup. There's oh, some people wow. in there that have been there that long. Wow. And Dude. those are my people. I love my MLSC uh, union, concession workers, union. Yes. Wow. Alexi, loving the union love. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Um, Maddie, you're giggling. I don't know if it's about the sort of shawarma or what, but uh, where are you at? I think it's about the unions, just the general <laughs> love for unions. <laughs> wow. Uh, sort of shawarma. I've never experienced it yet. Uh, hopefully I get to go to a game with you sometime again in the future, Fred. And experience the sort of shawarma. Maybe we'll do a pod in the game i'll record on my phone and we can uh, do a little sort of shawarma taste test but what i you know what i do think that sort of shawarma is going to come back i heard that they're getting new machines to help warm the lettuce so (laughs) i think that's gonna be just the lettuce (laughs) there's hot lettuce in there okay yeah Yeah, there's hot lettuce lettuce is what i want that it just Who wants that? 
<laughs> sort of, I do. You know? It's against right? the union, Maddie. It's Some, against yeah, the union. <laughs> union code. Uh, yeah, I say don't give up on sort of, sort of shawarma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh, blows my brain perf- open. Perfect answers all around. Uh, that's it. We've we've made it to the end of the pod. Uh, thank you, thank you both so much. Uh, thank you, Maddie D. This was a really fun one. I was laughing like crazy, and um, yeah, just uh, thanks for everyone who's been listening. Uh, again, the podcast is you know was really growing throughout August and September, and uh, we're gearing up for a really really fun season that uh, is going to have a lot of different types of storylines. Let's uh, let's go to you, uh, Alexi. First, says you know, if is there anything you want to promote? let people know what you're doing. I talked a little bit about, you know, the backyard documentary stuff, but go for it. Uh, well, uh, first I want to say before anything, people out there need to put, all right, you know what Fred Van Vliet's statement is bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Raptor fans need to go and put money on the Raptors to make the playoffs right now at Vegas. Cause you're going to make some money this year. Cause we're going to the playoffs Ooh. this year. I don't care what anybody's saying. We have winners on our team and they won't settle for less. If they're healthy and they're in Toronto and there ain't no COVID on the team, we're going to the playoffs. Ooh. So put some money on there. That's your hot tip right there. Because last time I saw the odds, it's like plus two sixty just to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, anyway, but besides that I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I, I post, New music videos on Twitter. It's on the screen right now. You can go look at them. I just posted the new Drake recently. I love it with Kawhi in it. Of course I love it. Look at my wall. And then, you know, uh, I'm also thinking about doing a new YouTube show uh, in my backyard with nature. That's what Freddie was talking about earlier. I feel like I've got this really good camera and this thing from far away. I'm going to film wasps eating things and fighting things and <laughs> stuff like that really close up. And I think people might enjoy it. we got to get back to nature, y'all. Come on. 100%, man. People need to get in. Um, I will say, you know, you're, you're, you have an exuberant personality, but you're, everything is landing. And for anyone who watches the Vegas Raptors thing, uh, I think the, the Raptors are like – if they're not the team that overshoots Vegas's expectations the very most, they're super close. And I think out of the last like 12 years, they're like 11, 11 times they've went easy over money. what easy it is. Money. Betting on the Raptors against Vegas is legitimately easy money. Um, and uh, you know what? This year I might do it. I might goddamn do it. Uh, Catherine, what's up? You always got a lot of stuff going on. I know you're moving back into the city. Don't want to plug Whoa. that because, hey, you know, let Catherine <laughs> yeah, do your come thing. To my new place. That's my plug. <laughs> Help Catherine move in. <laughs> yeah, please move some Charles boxes Oakley. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charles Oakley, please come over. You're invited. <laughs> um, what do I have going on? Okay, so I have the Buckets and Tea NBA pod. We're on hiatus, but we'll be back in October. Uh, we have the Pickup WNBA podcast. Myself and Freddie uh, host that yep. Weekly pod, uh, check that out. WNBA playoffs are coming up, it's like super exciting, it's a really tight race. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a new WNBA fan, like this podcast is for you, we're very good at bringing new fans into the game. Uh, I actually have a comedy announcement to make. God, hey. it has been a year and a half since I've had any legitimate comedy to promote but i am recording my first ever comedy album on october 15th and 16th at comedy bar please come please laugh if you're a judgmental person please stay at home this is a recording and i desperately (laughs) need you to laugh 
<laughs> I'm very nervous, but uh, yeah, very, very excited uh, for that. So finally got the official uh, word on that today. So super that's excited. Cool. That's fantastic. Catherine, you're hilarious. You deserve it. That's going to be a really, really good album. I'm sure it will sell out. Uh, people definitely check go, uh, check that. Go to comedybar.ca. I'm assuming, mm-hmm, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll announce who's performing, uh, opening for you, and all that kind of stuff in in good time. Yeah, I can I can say it's myself and Kate Davis that are recording albums, but I don't amazing know who, our, who our host is. But yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, congratulations. That's that's fantastic news. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure that album's going to do well as well. You know, crush some iTunes records um, <laughs> for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, you know, half an hour records. Hey, who's counting? Uh, that's it, though. We've we've made it to the end of this pod. Uh, it was a really really fun one. Thank you both so much again. Thank you everyone who's been listening and supporting. Uh, we're having a good time here, and I think we're we're getting really excited for the end of the season. Maddie D, if you feel like we're good to go and we're done, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!